Welcome back to the Healthcare Insight Podcast. I'm Eric Silberman. And I'm Jane Crosby. Jane, we had a great conversation with Cynthia Schmidt, the Director of Marketing at VCU Health. Now we talked about all kinds of things, but one of the pieces that I thought was interesting was, I guess, maybe my expectations around kind of the contemplated differences between university marketing in the academic side and healthcare marketing. I, I thought she had some really good perspective there. Yeah, I agree. I really liked what she shared about the synergies between the two brands, yet their desire to keep VCU Health distinct from the academic healthcare system at the same time. Um, and I, you know, overall, I really enjoyed our conversation with Cynthia. We took a break, I feel like, from podcast recordings for a while, Eric, over the, the winter months. And coming back, this was one of the first interviews to me where Cynthia felt really positive and uplifting about what's next rather than having this point of view around how they're addressing the pandemic. And so it was it was a fun one for me. Um, we did talk quite a bit about, about their vaccination campaign, though, and she did some really exciting work. Um, I really enjoyed the campaign that they ran. They did have to spin it down and make some tweaks midway through. But um, listeners will hear, hear about it as we get into the, the interview with Cynthia. Yeah, I like your point of view, Jane, about kind of the forward-looking optimism. And, and one of the things that, that is a project that they're undertaking now is moving the needle on lowering high blood pressure in their communities, which is a very noble effort. I mean, when we think about community needs assessments, the kind of opportunities that always emerge for us as healthcare marketers in those spaces. It's great to see somebody doing some refreshing work that it, it is that is moving the needle in the community. I agree. It's really interesting that they're working to get at the root of the problem, which I think aligns well with what a marketing team is doing to grow perception and generate revenue. I think in healthcare marketing overall, we've come a long way from the days of throwing money at PPC and mass media. And the smartest marketers like Cynthia's team at VCU are thinking about how to efficiently reach target audiences through the right channels with the right messages and at the right times. And I'm excited for our, our listeners to hear some of Cynthia's point of view on how their team works to understand their community in a way that enables them to connect with the right target population. Let's get into the interview with Cynthia Schmidt at VCU Health. Enjoy. You've been at VCU Health for about 10 years. Before that, you were at Virginia Commonwealth University. Talk to us about the difference between marketing academia and healthcare marketing with regards to reaching consumers where they are. Well, you know, you're you're touching on a tough, uh, a kind of a sore spot. You know, the world of academic medicine, you know, they there really are two different worlds between life on the academia side and life on a on a major, you know, health system side, clinical. Um, I was, you know, it's funny when I made the switch over, I was not prepared for the culture shift. It's pretty significant, um, very different type of business. You know, our focus at the university so much was recruiting young people to, to you know, choose VCU to continue their education. Um, and then when you get to the health side, you, you're, as you all know, because you're in the health space, the number of, of types of audiences you have, their needs, the journeys are couldn't be more different than a journey a student is going through and a family is going through picking a college. You know, healthcare is, is such an intimate experience. It is a, a stressful experience. And people aren't out there seeking healthcare just for the fun of it, for the most right. of it, right? Mm -hmm. right, right. Um, you know, and that is probably one of the bigger challenges is how do you get people to pay attention and care about it um, when it doesn't matter to them? I mean, I always think about, we did some focus groups early on when I started the health system 
we were uh, really ramping up our labor and delivery services. And we brought in all these young women, you know, of childbearing years who did not have children. And, and you know, we're, we're kind of a big deal in this market, you know? Right. But of that group, very few could name one hospital in our region. Because guess what? They don't really care. They're young, they're healthy, they're not dealing with that in their in their lives. And, and so how do you how do you get their attention? Yeah. Uh, so it's it was very interesting to make that switch over. Um, but it it was a great experience in that I was able to help bridge that gap between the academic brand and the health system brand. Because at the end of the day, like our institution is very much a branded house. You know, we're not a house of brands. We do have a few exceptions. You know, we have a children's hospital. We have a named cancer center. Um, but at the same time, we have to keep everyone sort of aligned. Because as you know, when you go out there and look at other academic medical centers, there are those who do really do cleave off their medical brands separate. You know, they'll have little elements that tie back into it. I think about Wake Forest, for example, um, and UVA, for example. Um, they do have very separate, almost looks, feel, brand voice from their academic to their health. Sure. But at BCU, we're very much about trying to bring it all under one roof. Um, so that's it's a bit of a challenge. Well, I want to, I want to, it's great, great perspective. And, you know, leave it to me to, to poke a sore spot with my opening <laughs> questions. So sorry about that. But, but I want to, I want to tell you an assumption that I have that I think you just said was wrong. And I'd love to, I'd love to, to hear your, your expert perspective on it. Cause, cause your, your perspective is certainly more sophisticated than mine, which is that as an academic institution, you are kind of a big deal. And that, that kind of a big deal is driven in part perhaps in large part, by the tertiary quaternary care and the innovation that a academic institution is able to drive from a research and application standpoint. And the assumption is that that has a halo benefit that impacts primary care services, access level care, some of the lower acuity stuff. But I just heard you say, if you talk to young women in your market, or historically, if you talk to young women in your market, they don't care about your tertiary and quaternary care and, and strategic innovation. Like, is my assumption just blanketly wrong? Yeah, well, you're you're right. I mean, I, I don't think they do care, you know, and that is that is sort of the, the dilemma we have with our internal audiences, because um, they just assume everyone is out there thinking about us every day. You know, yeah. and 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 we hear this like, why do we even have to market? Because we are a big deal. You know, why do we have to do that? And guess what? Our beds are full right now. Of course, <laughs> right now it's for a totally different reason. But um, and so it it really is an education process to help a lot of this leadership. Which guess what? There are a lot of them are doctors, right? And and doctors, you know, they're they're a special breed, um, and we're always having to explain the nuances of targeting and the nuances of journeys and emotional context. You know, we don't make decisions because we drive by a billboard with a bunch of doctors and white coats. If anything, that turns off patients. We know that. Um, but they don't understand that. They, you know, they're like, I think I need to be on that billboard. 
Um, and they forget that everything we do is based on an emotional context. You know, we don't, we're not machines. And it's because of, you know, an experience a loved one has had or something that has touched us personally or, or something we've seen in the community that, that we can relate to. We could say that's, they believe in what I believe in. I'm going to support that um, versus let me see your CV and how many papers you published as a physician. So I think we're kind of on the same page, but, you know, maybe a little different. Sure. I feel like that's a good segue, Cynthia, into one of the things I wanted to talk about, which is your vaccine campaign, because I feel like you guys did a fantastic job of doing something that's a little bit more fun and cheeky, but not cheesy or annoying either, like we saw some public health departments maybe do as all of this started. And I know you talked on the Revive podcast about what it took to get the approvals and things like that for that campaign. But over the last few months, I'd love to hear what kind of feedback that you've heard both intern and externally as that's shook out in the market and what it means for what you can do moving forward. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, you know, I, I worked in advertising for many years before I moved over to academia. So I had my share of pitching really crazy creative ideas. And, you know, a lot of it got sold. A lot of it fell on the cutting room floor. And, and I remember when we first saw this idea, I was like, huh. Yeah, no way that's going to get approved. <laughs> I really, I had no confidence that that was going to get through the, the, you know, the gauntlet of approval process. But I loved it. I loved exactly, you know, what you said, Jane. I, I loved the, you know, it, it was playful, but not, you know, it didn't come at it from a, a bad point. Um, and I think there was a great emotional context to it. And I think it was also something that brought a very, direct, you know, homegrown message that only we could say, because as you all know, there was so much in the marketplace about this. I mean, you had Uber running ads about vaccinations, right? Um, and so we were like, how do we come at it and, and touch on things that feel local to people and feel like people can relate to it um, and have some fun with it? So that. So when it got approved, we were like, okay, um, let's do this thing. And, you know, the outpouring of support, you know, when we reached out to community members to participate, because we wanted it to be from the people. We wanted real stories. I mean, we actually had more people than we could use. That was a good problem to have. And so once we got it produced and it started running, I mean, I'll, you might have heard me tell the story on the podcast before, but, you know, my 28-year-old daughter um, called me and was like, mom, you know, there's a double meaning in that. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we know that. And, um, and then she was, oh, great, sweet. All right, go. <laughs> I'm like, Berkeley, I, I'm, I'm not that old. I know, <laughs> I know the context of this, but, um, yeah. And once it got out there, we got so much great just anecdotal feedback. People were like, wow, you guys, you know, this is great. We love it. You know, we think it's going to work. And then we actually did the research that it did work. Um, I will say we had to end up pulling it though. And it was not for a reason I would have ever expected. Um, you know, I always thought that the, this shot fun thing would have been what people kind of, you know, prudish, whatever. But it was really the matters part that was the problem. Um, 
because there was this concern that we were somehow co-opting Black Lives Matters. Uh Um, And, you know, I never saw that one coming and, you know, could have been just, you know, not not having all my senses up, but we, we changed it. You know, we kept it in market, but we changed it. So it didn't say the shot matters. It was like, if this matters to you, then you need to get your vaccine. Granted, it didn't quite have the punch and it didn't quite have the, um, you know, the oomph behind it, but at least it dealt with the concern that we heard. And um, yeah, so you know how that goes. Um, you you have to be mindful. We are a state institution and we do have to um, listen to our constituents, so to speak. Um, but at least we got it. We kept a good part of it in market. Um, we continue to use a lot of those elements. Um, in fact, I don't know if you guys saw the woman who recently got the um, ran the marathon and she's now the, the record holder for women marathon runners. She's from this area and she was in our campaign. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was great. You know, we um, she, she we had such great pictures and stuff of her. So we've we've actually released some of that to the media. and They've been calling on us to get that content that we had created you know, back a year ago. So um, it's just one of those little fun little things that happened that was serendipity. That's great. I love it. And even pulling out the, you know, if just one life saved matters, the ads are still amazing and so impactful. So great work, Cynthia. I, I really, really like this campaign. Thank you. Is there anything else that you've got cooking or things that are that are kind of the plan and the look ahead for 2022 that, that you can kind of open the top secret drawer and, and talk to us about so that, so that our audience can kind of think about, think about what you're doing in the context of their own marketing? Um, so much of care occurs in an outpatient environment, even more so now as, as medicine has become more sophisticated, I think with the um, ability to do things with telehealth has been huge. I mean, I always laughed about our telehealth program. I think before the pandemic, you know, we were that kid at the top of the high dive waiting to jump off. And, you know, sometimes all it takes is someone coming up and pushing you off the, <laughs> off the right? So for us, the thing that pushed us off the board was the pandemic. And we had to figure out te- um, telehealth. You know, we it was like we had all the pieces and parts in place and everybody, but nobody wanted to just jump. And so we did, and um, it has been an amazing journey to to really turn this this big ship around to to embrace telehealth. And I think things like that, you know, being better about how we deliver care to more people, creating greater access, breaking down all these ridiculous barriers that healthcare has put forward for all these years. How we've gotten away with it is just hard to believe. Um, and not that we fixed it, trust me, <laughs> you know, it's not fixed, but I do think there's an opportunity moving forward to um, really rethink our delivery of healthcare in a much more efficient way, um, much more equitable way. I mean, we're doing so much in the area of health equity, understanding, you know, people's um, mistrust of medicine and science, understanding people's concerns um, and and meeting them where they are, you know, being much more about just let's let's make it right for the people who need the care. Because we look at net promoter scores every month, you know, we step on the scale every month, which sure. I know they say you shouldn't do that. But um, and we've seen huge gains in certain things in how people think about us, but then some also things that are kind of dropping off and. 
And I think it gets back to how do we restore that trust? Um, I won't even get into why people mistrust science, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but they do look to us as leaders and they look to us as, you know, how do, how do we lead the conversation more? And so I think that is where we all need to find a better place to be as, you know, leaders of health and community. It was great talking to Cynthia Schmidt about all the work that they're doing at VCU Health. We did get an opportunity to talk to some others at VCU Health, particularly about an effort that they're undertaking to truly focus on understanding the community. My name is Andrew King, and I work with Eric and Jane at True North Custom. I was able to speak to a number of people at VCU Health who are figuring out a way to reach the right people at the right time to make their community healthier. First, I spoke with Sangeeta Shah, a cardiologist. High blood pressure is what we're trying to prevent. It's important because the consequences, not only to the individual, but to the health system is so big. Strokes, heart attacks, kidney disease. You bleed, it hurts, you know what to do. High blood pressure, you don't feel. So how do you educate the community for that? VCU Health is part of an academic institution, and they've created these eye-opening maps of cities across the country. Neighborhoods that are right next to each other have drastically different life expectancies. In Cleveland, you go from 82 years down to 70 years. Phoenix, 85 years down to 71. And in Richmond, where VCU Health is located, your life expectancy is 20 years longer if you live in the neighborhood of Westover Hills rather than the neighborhood of Gilpin. Pauline Jankowski, who is with the VCU Health marketing team, gives us some context. As a region's academic medical center, we needed to do something about this. We know that heart disease and hypertension are prevalent in these high-risk areas. We know treatment includes education, awareness, and medication adherence. But how can we make that human connection with the adults in these communities to take action? Lots of health systems work on this type of problem. Perhaps they do walk with a doc, or participate in their community fairs. If you do these for a few years, you'll notice that the same people show up. And you realize that these are people who are already engaged in their health care. We need to find those individuals who are not engaged and at risk. This is where it gets really interesting. Research has shown that children can affect the health of their family. I got my cousin to stop smoking because I learned in school that smoking was bad when I was young, and I just nagged him until he stopped. We're calling it Teach BP, which is to teach a child about blood pressure. Not high blood pressure, just what is blood pressure. And then we foster the kids and try to see if they can be the change makers and try to evolve their creative minds and say, what ways would they teach a community? Being an academic institution, they're not just rolling this out to all fourth and fifth grade classrooms. They're testing a hypothesis. Amy Ladd is leading research on the project. We're gonna start off by testing the level of background information that families and kids have right now about blood pressure and hypertension itself. Then we're gonna work through Dr. Shaw's program with the kids, and then we'll test it again a year from now and see if they've retained the information. Our hypothesis is that this type of a program, which is interactive experiential learning will have a greater impact on their retention than just learning it through books and classroom time. 
Napoleon Peoples, former Associate Dean of Student Affairs, is bringing together many different people to make this project happen. This is a vehicle for bridging environmental and behavioral changes that will improve the health and community of the community and its members. We need to create partnerships and coalitions to help mobilize resources. It not only brings people together, but it helps people to understand that we really need to pay attention to our health and particularly our heart. Carrie Mills, Senior Director of Development, is working on funding for the project. We've been pulling together so many different people from a research angle, from the clinical angle, from the community angle. And then the really beautiful thing is that there's been donors that have learned about this and stepped up and wanted to invest in the healthcare of this community and are actually funding this pilot project. It's really been a groundswell of support that was initiated at the very top. We can test this in a small setting, publish the results, and then hopefully other institutions, other academic centers, other community centers could reproduce the idea there as well. Look at the cost of taking care of someone who needs now a transplant. It's a huge cost, while a little prevention, a little knowledge is so simple, is so cheap, you're going to have to take care of them. Put the upfront resources in to prevent the cost long term. We're planning to check in with VCU Health next year and get an update on this project.